0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Blob Talk Radio.
0: Chicago's
2: Black Business Radio Network. All black. All news. All you. Chicago's Black Business Network is giving away free 90 day business directory listings. Did we say free? That's right, free. Get a 90 day business directory listing at Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Expand your outreach, meet new clients, visit Chicago's, that's uh, Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network.com for details. Chicago's Black Business Network changing the way. The Chicago Connects to the World, Sonya Cassandra Purdue, Founder. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, All You. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, All You. From the very beginning, our entire network has been dedicated to keeping the memory of Mayor Harold Washington on the minds and in the hearts of our people. How do you remember Harold? This segment is called CBBN Business Journal. This is where we share success stories about innovators, creators, business owners, authors, and organizers from around the world. And I've been genuinely blessed to talk to many, many people who care and are doing something about it. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, executive producer, and your host for this segment. We have a lot of shows coming up, and we're going to have a lot of co-hosts coming up So stay tuned and uh, be a part of that. Our web-based broadcasts are designed to service the African-American community in Chicago and around the world. We've been doing this since 2009. We took a little break, but now we're back. Our guests today are General Parker, Mike McCormick, and Chad Laudermilk. all our organizers and advocates for fathers' rights. Mike, in general, did two previous shows, really great shows, on our network regarding child support, and those shows got phenomenal listeners. And anytime time we broadcast them, they get a large listening audience. As a matter of fact, the shows that we did, uh, which was a few years ago, quite some time, have the highest number of hits of all of our 300 podcasts. So that tells us a lot. Mike wrote one of the front-page articles for Chicago New Journal in June of 2018. That issue received over 250,000 views. All of that says to us that there are great concerns about the issue of fathers' rights. We'll focus today on proposed Illinois Bill HB 185, which was pre-filed in December by Representative LaShawn K. Ford, who is the chief sponsor. This bill goes to committee this Thursday in Springfield, Illinois. Now, I'm sure you may know as much about this as I do, and that's why they're here today, to clarify what this really means and how does this affect families not only in Illinois but across the country. Maybe they will set a presence. General Mike and Dave are here to share some information about this bill and they're here to ask for your support. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Welcome to C B B N Business, Journal. You're live now. Hello. Hello
1: Hey, how you doing? Now, Tanya?
2: We doing great general. We're doing great. First we're gonna uh we're gonna start with you General and we're gonna let you Introduce yourself, tell our audience who you are and what it is that you do. I know you're involved in a lot of things. And then I want you, <laughs> would like for you to introduce Chad and Mike because you've worked with both of them and have them give us a little background information. So go ahead, General. Good to have you here.
1: Okay. Thanks, Sergeant. It's always a pleasure being here and talking with you on CBBN. Uh, my name is General Parker, and I'm out of Peoria, Illinois. But I do a lot of work around the state, and I do a lot of work there in Chicago. And Chicago is one of my favorite cities. Uh, We're here today because I've worked with Mike over the years. I've worked with Chad the past couple of years, uh, trying to get some parity in family law so we can get – right now we're working on equally shared parenting. Uh, I was the former uh, executive director of Illinois Fathers, and that was an affiliate of uh American Coalition of Fathers and Children, which Mike is the executive director of, and Chad is now the uh president of Illinois Fathers for Equality. So I'm working with these guys on the bill here. I'm also working with some people in Missouri on a shared parenting bill there and I think it's like twenty six other states have uh shared parenting bills coming up in this session. So uh uh I can, I would like to turn it over to uh, to Mike.
3: Well, thank you, General, and Sonia. It's nice to uh, connect with you again after the last couple of years. Uh, glad to hear that uh, that this issue is still really resonating with people. Uh, I would just encourage folks to come out if they can and attend on Thursday the hearing that's down in Springfield. Uh, but if you can't attend, re- register your support for HB one eighty five by uh, filling out a witness slip and just letting them letting these legislators know that uh, shared parenting is something that's still really desired and wanted, uh, in the state of Illinois. I'm somewhat, um, uh, I hate to be coming back 10 years later to talk about the same thing. We should have been way downstream on this by now. Uh, but on the same token, I'm happy to be able to come back out there and let's just keep, you know, keep pushing. We're going to get this through. Chair. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Thanks for having us on today. Uh, I'm Chad Laudermilk. I'm the president of Illinois Fathers for Equality. And and just like a lot of other people out there, I'm just a a father and parent that had seen that there's kind of uh, a disconnect between what society and research is telling us is best for our kids and what the laws and and legislation is. And so uh, my organization was formed with the sole purpose of, uh, you know, making our, our research and societal needs in the same as what uh, our needs of our children and legislation, you know, is. So uh, thanks for having us.
2: Great, Chad. Now, Chad, tell us, what is this HB 185? What does this bill entail?
0: So what what, HB 185 does is it places a rebuttable presumption of equal time uh, to both parents at the onset of a divorce or separation. And so what that means is that before a judge uh, hears any evidence or anything uh, about the case or about either parent, uh, it, it should be presumed that both parents are fit, willing, loving, and able, and they should have equal time with their children.
2: Okay, it's that simple. They should have equal time with their children until proven otherwise. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and the second part of the bill just puts that the judges would be uh, required to place written findings uh, as to why they deviated from that presumption of equal time. And that's simply simply because uh, a lot of parents are not getting time with their children and they're just unaware as to what it is that they were doing wrong uh, because they were uh, in their children's lives 100% of the time before they got a divorce. And after the divorce, they're only seeing their children 14% of the time and have no reason given to them for that. So uh, the written findings is, is equally as important as the uh, presumption of equal time.
2: It most certainly is. you listen to CBB and Business journals, I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, your host for this segment. Our topic today is Father's Rights or parental rights for both of them, as a matter of fact. What is, so Chet, you're saying right now that it starts off with 14% uh, father's rights or visiting rights? Well,
0: is in, that the standard? In, approximately eight, yeah, in approximately 80% to 84% of uh, cases, Uh, The mother is usually awarded, uh, you know, primary custody and leaves the father with uh, the Wednesday and every other weekend and uh, Wednesday and every other, you know, Wednesday until like six or seven o'clock and then every other weekend. So that's four nights a month that they're seeing their kid, which is about 14 percent. If they get that Wednesday overnight, then that's about 28 percent. And so uh, that that is the standard, and that you know it's throughout the whole state of Illinois that uh, if you're the non-custodial parent, uh, you're going to get the Wednesday and every other weekend.
2: Wow, I'm not a parent, so I, and I've never been involved in this type of issue, so this is all news to me. I find I find it totally unbelievable. Mike, you said that this should have been downstream long time ago. What blocked it? What stopped it from just being, being done and said and as it probably should be? What, what stopped
3: it? Well, just real simply, what stopped it were uh, what stops a lot of good legislation. You have special interest groups uh, that profit off of the breakup of the family, that are, are, uh, uh, their existence depends upon having this kind of conflict, uh, as people pass through these divorces, it generates billable hours, uh, large legal fees, and so the special interest we found are are the folks that actually block this. And the two primary ones uh, are the bar association. Uh, attorneys perceive this as being bad for business, so they're regularly and routinely against it. And then uh, we also have the domestic violence coalitions against it. Uh, and I think oftentimes they just don't. Uh, particularly understand, they think that somehow having shared parenting is going to increase the risk of domestic violence, but everything we do around shared parenting legislation, we never upset the apple cart of domestic violence, because anybody in favor of shared parenting also doesn't want to see, you know, domestic violence increase. We're actually on the same side on that. We want to see, uh, you know, we want to see as little domestic violence as possible, but I think there's a, a, a significant misunderstanding on the part of domestic violence groups that they think that 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 somehow domestic violence will increase if we have shared parenting, and that's just not the case. So it's it's typically the domestic violence organizations and the bar associations that are coming against the legislation.
2: Okay. Now, uh, Mike, let me ask you because we've talked about this before. Uh, Children who retain a significant relationship with both parents, even though those parents are no longer together, do better because of what and why Uh, and how, Mike?
3: Sure. Well, you know it's really tough for kids because when when kids are are being raised with both parents, then they have both parents actually speaking into their lives and when you take one of those parents away uh, and out of out of that child's life what you what you've done is you've just basically taken half of that support structure for that child away and so what we see is that kids that grow up without without both parents fully engaged in their lives, they're more likely, uh, well, girls are more likely to become sexually active at a younger age. uh, What we see oftentimes is that they're seeking that that love from another man that they used to get from their dad. Um, Kids are at higher rates of engaging in illegal drug use, of being involved in the criminal justice system, of doing more poorly in school. All of these things correlate to uh one of the parents being out of the child's lives and and unfortunately the situation today is that most often that's the father that's out of the child's life but whether the child is male or female removing that parent from that child's life really increases the uh the risk of the child engaging in uh and becoming susceptible to to unacceptable behaviors uh to a much greater degree than if you have both parents there supporting the kids. Now let me say on the financial side of this, it's very interesting as well because when a when a child has both parents engaged, then the full resources of both of those parents are always available to that child. But when you take one of those parents out of the equation, you've already removed a lot of the a lot of the resources that that parent would bring to the raising of the child. So we see, you know, kids are not only at risk for a lot of other of, of the social problems that we see, but they're also at risk of just losing these additional resources like financial resources, like, uh, you know, moral resources, like, uh, uh, you know, just intellectual development resources. We, when we remove a parent, we really increase the risk for kids considerably. Thank you,
2: Mike. So general, in essence, Uh, give me your opinion on this. Are we saying that not only the state of Illinois, but this nation has put uh, the welfare of children, and I I guess we should not be surprised, behind, way behind the welfare, the uh, economic uh, benefit of special interests, such as the ADA, such as Uh, domestic violence organizations, some of them, we're not going to include all of them, uh, ahead of government jobs in and of themselves. I understand that although, and this was the old figure from when we did the show before, that although uh, the amount spent by government to collect child support payments has increased insanely, the percentage of child support payments that they receive has not. So what's your position on that, general
1: Oh, of course. Uh, you know, getting back to what Mike said, uh about uh ten, eleven years ago, uh Speaker Madigan, House Speaker Mike Madigan put together an Illinois family uh, law study group. And Mike was one of the people appointed on that group. And they would hold meetings every month and they had different judges, lawyers, people from other different organizations. They had other experts and counselors and psychologists in this group. And they researched studies from around the world from experts. And the experts said that the best thing for a child is to grow up with both parents involved in their life. But barring that, if a child spend less than 35 percent, a parenting time with one or the other parent that they are susceptible to different pathologies in life, like they said earlier, uh, uh, becoming sexually promiscuous, uh, uh, start using drugs, joining gangs, depression, suicide, not uh, achieving in school. And uh, by the time that recommendation got from the the, uh, family law study group to the legislature and the bill that Illinois fathers had put forth. Uh, all of a sudden, they decided they didn't want to do that. (laughs) And now we're going to let the lawyers make the law instead of listening to the experts. See, And I don't even know why they even allow some of the lawyers on the committee to even have a vote, because they have a vested interest in that. So to me, that's a conflict of interest. But if you're really trying to do something that's in the best interest of the child, and if you had the state of Illinois... The the taxpayers pay the money for this family law study group, and they got all the relevant information from experts from around the world who said that this was best, but because uh, you got a family law attorney who claims that uh, the state's going to lose money or will lose money. Uh, Matter of fact, when Chad uh, was before the committee last year with Representative Ford, uh, there was a family law study attorney that showed up and he told them, well, you can't pass this bill because if you do, the state's going to lose a lot of money. And we got women who own food stamps, you know, and their food stamps will go down. And they're more concerned with keeping people on food stamps and keeping fathers separated from their children because there's no money in the cure, Sonny. <laughs> there's only money, you know, in the treatment. So as long as they keep treating it, the money will still keep coming. But they have no interest in fixing their situation, as a matter of fact, what they said was totally false and in fact, if you look at the numbers, if you get a father involved in their child's life, then you don't have to spend as much money on counselors. you don't have to spend as much money on on welfare. you don't have to spend as much money uh on from police you know getting these kids in juvenile and having Problems at school and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't see where they're coming from. It, like Mike said, it's just a special interest group. See, and if, if we can get them out of the way and put forth some legislation that's truly in the best interest of the children, then there's no way that they can say a kid shouldn't have equal time with both parents, and that's around the country.
3: Hey, Thank you, um, Tony, if you don't mind. Could I ask Chad a question about that? Because I think he can really demonstrate this with some information that he has and maybe general as well. Uh, And that question, guys, is this. Um, You keep track of the witness slips that come in for these hearings. Um, Give us an idea just to kind of illustrate that point of the special interest. How are those interest slips, uh, how are those witness slips running right now in terms of in favor of the bill and against the bill? What do you guys see in there?
0: Uh, You know, as far as the proponents that support the bill, I see uh, both men and women uh, that are uh, parents and followers of uh, a number of different uh, parental rights pages. And uh, the majority of the opposition, actually probably 99% of the opposition, are attorneys and uh, members of domestic violence groups. Uh, So... You know, and those numbers are uh close to, to equal. We had just uh, last week a hearing and we had about fifteen hundred uh supporters fill out witness slips and the opposition had about the same. But the difference was was uh the proponents were all parents and, and uh uh you know people of the of the communities, whereas the the majority of the opposition were just attorneys. Oh, there you go Wow
2: Now, uh, Chad, maybe you can answer this for me As far as the judges this uh, The judges are required to follow the law I don't have a law background But I'm, I'm sure they're trying to follow the law And this uh, When they make a decision As to how much time the father Is spending with the children uh I'm quite sure, I'm almost sure, that they are aware of the uh, statistics that show that the more time the father spends with the child, the more beneficial it is. So where's the sounds like a folly to me? Where's the common sense in the time that they're allocating to these families? Uh, It seems like it falls in their lap as well. Where's the common sense in this chair? Uh, Well, from
0: the judge's point of view. You know, obviously if there was common sense in all of this, we wouldn't be here fighting for it. Um, uh, You know, (laughs) obviously it's pretty well, we should all know that uh, having a mother and a father in children's lives, uh, married or unmarried is in the best interest of those children. Um, Obvious if there's uh, physical violence or, uh, threats of physical violence or mental illness or uh, you know um, criminal offenses and stuff like that, then we would we could deviate from that. But um, yeah, there unfortunately there's just not a lot of common sense to it that we shouldn't be here fighting for something that that uh, is so self evident.
2: But we always are, uh, and that's pretty much nothing new. Uh, but I was just thinking it falls in the lap of the judges and they're sitting right there and they can make better decisions if they chose to. But for some reason, they're can not I, choosing. Can,
1: to. can I answer that one?
2: Would you please?
1: So, Sonia, uh, the thing is, is that judges are human, okay? And a lot of fathers, myself included, when, when we first went into court, we went in with the idea of thinking that, you know, well, you know, the courts are going to be fair. Justice is blind. Well, no, justice has been peeking out of one side of that blindfold all the time. And just like with the ABA, the judges and the domestic violence coalition, uh, there's money in this industry. Okay. And judges get a lot of money uh, for training and, and it comes to their courtroom and the prosecutors and all them, uh, and that's why there's kind of like a, a marriage there between a the domestic violence group and the courts because they don't want to give up this money. See, if you have mothers and fathers raising kids together and getting along, see, that, that, that shows the falsehood of all men are, 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 are wife beaters, all men are, are batterers, all men love to beat women, you know, and they, and they beat the kids, you know, uh, and, they, and they can't have that. Because totally blow their whole thing out of the water And they work together I mean if I showed you my case I had to file a 107 page complaint Against the judge in my case And the prosecutors Because of the things that they did And I know Mike said earlier That the domestic violence people Think a certain way But I think they they already know (laughs) They already know Exactly what they're doing And they're doing it because They want to keep that money coming in when, we, uh, when, we, when I came to you before, we were fighting for the Stephen Watkins bill. That was a parental visitation interference bill. And the Domestic Violence Coalition was dead set against it. They did not want a visitation interference bill. And I said, but wait a minute, I thought you were uh, against domestic violence. The man that we're naming this bill after was killed by his ex-wife and her family just trying to come and pick up his daughter for visitation, you know. But they weren't concerned about that. They were concerned that there was going to be money lost, just like this lawyer did in that hearing with Chad and Representative Ford. So it's all about money. They can care less about your child. They tell a the lie, they'll say, in the best interest of the child. But they don't know your child better than you do. They probably never even seen your child, <laughs> you know. So you're not going to get, get me or convince me that a judge... A state attorney, a public defender, or uh, my ex's attorney is more concerned about the best interests of my child than I am. It's all about money.
2: Thank you, General. You're listening to CBBN Business Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra-Purdue, your host for this segment. Our topic today is Fathers' Rights and um, Bill Illinois Bill HB 185, which goes to committee on Thursday, I want you to uh, please note that you will find all the links that we speak of during this show posted on our show page. Also, to sponsor a show or to be a guest, you can give us a call at 773 That's 773 Now, uh, and listening to this, and we're all learning, and that's why we're here. And um, it needs to be spoken of much, you know, especially the, the final remarks that you just made, General. Uh, we can assume that certain things are being done, but they are not. Uh, we can assume that the courts are dishing out justice, but it's all in the game. Um as we we know, but if you're not caught up in it, you don't know. And this subject of father's rights is a hot, hot subject. Uh, if I post the show or if I engage it in conversation, there are some strong, strong, strong feelings regarding this and a lot of pain regarding this. And I don't know how to fix it and how to cure it, but this may be one of the ways Let's talk about one more thing, Chad, before we leave. We're going to go over a little half an hour a little bit, but that's fine. We're going to edit it. But uh, how, if the father visits more, the assumption, and I heard this mentioned in the show, that it's going to affect the mother's economics in some kind of way, uh, and General said that was a lie, how would, you know, Mm -hmm. how would, Equal sharing of parental rights affects the mother. Chad?
0: Uh, Actually, it would be beneficial to the mother. Uh, A lot of mothers are now in the workplace, and so um, moms that are taking 85% of the time with their children are having to take off of work due to uh, doctor's appointments, picking up from school, getting, getting them to and from school, Uh, You know, stuff like that. And so if we if we just look at the way that uh, a a family works when they're married, the father will go and pick up the kids and take them here and there and and cook them dinner and the mother will, you know, do do her thing when she's able to and and all that. Uh, If we carry that over after a divorce. Uh, the mother is going to then be able to take those job promotions. She's going to be able to work those extra hours that she wanted. She's going to be able to uh, attend night classes or college to better her education and and do what's best for her family. Uh, and the same goes for the for the man as well. And so actually, uh, what what a lot of people don't realize is that whenever you split those responsibilities or a divorce, Uh, it actually is beneficial to both the mother and the father. Great, great. And and the children.
2: And the children, absolutely. Uh, Okay, we're going to go into the last few minutes of the show, and I want everyone to give us some final remarks. And what I also would like for you to do is explain, you know, uh, any of you, all of you, how the listening audience can help. And I also would like to know, is there a list of the people who attend these? Uh, well, 1,500 people would be a long list. I was wondering if we had a list of those who opposed this uh, so that the public could know, but that would be quite a long list. But, uh, Mike, let's start with you. Can you give us us uh, out and share what it is that you wish to share, whatever you wish to share, and how you would like our audience to support this?
3: Sure, Um, and Sonia, I just want to quickly follow up on what what Chad just said. I think that it's really important for people to understand that in the United States today, the most underutilized parenting resource that we have as a nation is the other parent. And we've got to move into a direction that engages both parents fully in the lives of their children regardless of what the parent's present marital status is. That's the greatest resource. We cannot provide enough. uh, We can't replace that other parent with government resources. It's it's the best resource that we have for raising children are both of these parents. And so we've got to remember that, that uh, the most underutilized resource is the other parent and do everything that we can to reengage them. And I've got to say that after, you know, I'm, I'm going to come back to Illinois, you know, next week for this committee hearing, and we're at the same place that we were 10 years ago because the special interest removed the provisions from the law that we, as the Illinois Family Law Study Committee said should be there in order to improve the family law system. So I'd like for people to understand that, as far as custody goes today, what the what the special interest allowed through were some changes in the verdict. but the substantive, the substantive component of family law around custody in Illinois today is exactly the same as what it was. In the IMDMA first passed in the mid-1970s. So we're talking 40-plus years that custody is operating the same way. We knew it wasn't the best thing that could be, that we could be doing a decade ago. We're still doing it. Other states are moving past Illinois in this area with tremendous results. And I want to share some of those results when we get to Illinois next week uh, because the places that are doing more share pending now are having excellent results. Uh, And all of these fears that people bring up and these scare tactics have failed to materialize in the several states now that are actually doing a tremendous amount of shared parenting. So uh, if we can get this through, the future looks really bright for Illinois' children, for Illinois' parents, and it's time that people actually stepped up. What we want people to do is make their voices heard, say it's enough of listening to the special interest and letting them dictate what is in the best interest of these children. And I wanna touch on one other thing here real quick, and that's where we talked a little bit about who determines who's fit as a parent the fact of the matter is is that the obligation is actually on the state to prove that a parent is unfit. The law actually presumes already that parents are fit when they walk in. And we've got to quit running courts in such a way that two people come in and do their best to tear each other down so that one of them leaves as a loser and one of them leaves as a winner. Under the law today, unless your your behavior is absolutely egregious, and some people call that the throw up threshold of behavior. Many of them define it as engaging, you know, in criminal activity with respect to your kids, you're already assumed to be a, a, a fit parent under the Constitution, meaning that your relationship with your children, instead of trying to reallocate your rights to your kids, it's the state's obligation, even if the parents don't agree, it's the state's obligation to uphold the parent-child relationship with both parents to the greatest extent possible. So I'll stop with that and let these other guys tell you about, you know, how to get engaged and what to do. Uh, Thanks again, Sonia, for having us on. appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, Mike. Chad, do you have some final remarks?
0: Uh, yeah, I have kind of two, two main things that I, I'd like to cover here. Uh, uh, we have to remember that in the current law, there are 17 factors used in the child's best interest and what the state calls uh, the child best interest standards. And those cover a whole wide range of uh, the children's needs, the mental and physical health of all the individuals, the distance between the parents, physical violence, threats of violence, uh, you know, uh, criminal background, stuff like that. Uh, with HB 185, uh, those, those uh, 17 factors stay in there. And so that's what's going to be used in determining if a parent is, uh, you know, should, should receive the 50-50 or not. Uh, there's nothing in our bill that changes or or is uh, harming to children or the other parent uh, than than the current laws already exist. And, and the second thing is is that you know uh, right now the Wednesday and every other weekend is 28% of the time. And what a lot of people don't don't understand is that if we if, if to get to 50-50, we're only talking about one more night a week. So if we give the non-custodial or or in 80% of the time, the father, just one more night a week, we're almost to 50-50. And so if a father is good enough to be a parent 28% of the time without having anyone supervise him, then he's a good enough father to be in his children's lives 50% of the time. And uh, that's all we're trying to do. And, And honestly, the research is there to back this. And this isn't about, the parents, this isn't about the mother or the father. This is about doing what's right for our children. Wonderful.
2: Chair, tell us about Illinois uh Fathers for Equality. What is it that you guys do over there?
0: Uh honestly, this is our number this is our only thing that we focus on. Uh we <laughs> have we were we were organized and 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 people have contacted us about so many other things that need to be changed, and And I've said to them time and time again that the we're laser focused on uh, getting equal time with our children because the research is there, and this is what's most important. No one cares about the money. No one cares about uh, anything else. All they care about is spending time with their kids and um, being parents to those children as much as they can, because as we all know, kids grow up way too fast the way it is, and we just want to be a part of our children's lives.
2: Thank you, Chair, for what you're doing. General, uh, do you have some final thoughts yes. for
0: us? Okay.
1: I just want to say to my people in Chicago that I love you guys dearly, and uh, I never try to come on here when I give you the information that's going to help you. Illinois as a state is uh, isn't doing that well. We, in a lot of different studies, we come in at the bottom, at the bottom of all other states. We're losing uh, citizenship here. Uh, uh, we're we're almost broke. <laughs> we have a, a serious problem with our pension, and we have a serious problem with crime and our schools. And I believe that the state is only as good as the cities that are in it. The city is only as good as the communities that bring it up, and the community is only as good as the, the strength of the family structures. And what we're trying to do here is is recreate. Not really recreate. We kind of restore the family structure. We're trying to get the parents and the children together. It's too late for me, okay. It's too late for Mike. See, our, our children are grown up, you know, and. Uh, Uh, I'm still paying child support, you know, but uh, even though our children are grown, it's not for us. We're doing the thing that is right, you know. When you see our name on that witness slip, it doesn't have anything to do with us being an attorney, us getting any money out of this. We go around the country and we do these things because it's the right thing to do. I'm hoping that it will benefit my son, if he ever has any kids, you know, but uh, we can't keep going down this road. We got to do the right thing, and we need We need your audience to get out there and and fill out these witness slips. If they can show up in Springfield, that would be even greater. But uh, aside from that, we also need them to to call or email these uh, uh, judicial committee members and let them know that they need to vote yes on this bill and get it out of committee so it can be voted on in the full legislature. And we're going to provide the links for the bill the links for the witness slips and we're going to provide the, the names and the contact information for the committee members. And once and this is over with, hopefully you get us back on and we can update you on a, on this bill and what we need people to do next.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. We want to thank each of you uh, for get, connecting with us today, Mike, Chad, in general. And, yes, we will post all of those links on our show page uh, and we want you to get to it, uh, fathers, mothers who are in, agree- in agreement with this and the general public who knows that after 40 years that something should be done. You're listening to BBM Business Journals. I'm Sonya Cassandra-Purdue. I'm the founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. We are a social media management and training organization, and we're changing the way that Chicago connects to the world. Please visit us at www.Chicago'sBlackBusinessNetwork and be a part of all that we do. Thank you for listening. Get involved. Don't forget to vote. Uh, LaShawn K. Ford for mayor. Enjoy your day. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you again on CBBN Business Journal.
1: Goodbye. Bye-bye, Sandra.